Welcome to the Old Brother Where Art Thou podcast. It has been a long time, but my brother and I, Corey Carlton, will go over the latest in NBA free agency. How are you today, Corey? I'm doing well. What about yourself? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, Still getting over the shockwaves of Kevin Durant signing with the Warriors to create this super team. What was your initial reaction when you heard the news? Um, I was, I, I mean, I was disappointed. Mostly I was just a basketball fan. I hate like foregone conclusions kind of. I lost interest in the Warriors about 30 games in this year. So it'll probably take all of 10 for me to lose some interest next year. Um, that was my initial reaction. I actually wasn't that shocked. Um, I guess I kind of follow OKC a lot. So I kind of felt like they felt the longer it was dragging out the longer you think, hey, why does he have to think this much? Um, So when it got to kind of like Monday and it still hadn't come out immediately and nothing had leaked, I knew it was because he was leaving. Because if he was staying, something would have leaked, I felt like. So um, still shocking, though. I mean, I just think initially it's like, yeah, I mean, I was shocked. I think everyone was pretty shocked. That's That's a shocking move. What do you think it says about Kevin Durant and how much do you think it damages his reputation? So I don't, I don't think it should necessarily damage his reputation as a great player. Um, I think we don't need to take it that far. I think it just takes him out of the conversation as one of the greatest. Like he's one of the greatest scorers in the history of the game. He's one of the few that ever comes through the doors of anywhere really that has a chance to be, top 10. He's a once in a generational player, really just him and LeBron that we have that are like, Oh my God, I've never seen anyone like this ever. Um, so when you have that high of expectations, and I think this has always been the thing with KD, I think everyone had higher expectations of him than he had for himself because of all the talent. And I think KD has been kind of showing people this for the last couple of years by just not being, demonstrative, not being assertive and kind of taking a backseat to a very good player in Westbrook, but I kind of think he's been showing everyone this, that, hey, I I don't need to be LeBron. Like, I don't need to be what y'all think I need to be. I just want to win. And if that's really what he wants, I'm fine with that at the end of the day, but I don't want to hear people tell me about how great he is. Like, I just refuse to hear him being ranked on any list, even best players in the NBA. I just don't want to hear it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I kind of feel that way too. It's okay if you are going the Boston Celtics route. If you're banking this team of the '60s, that's this great team that's loaded like that, and now that they were built the same way, but that's loaded that way, then it's just going to be about the team. All we should hear about is the Golden State Warriors as a unit, because individually, what you're saying by doing this, which is okay if you're willing to give up the individual, but individually you're saying, I sacrificed this for the team. In order for it to be a sacrifice, you got to lose something. And even then, man, like, he, he was up 3-1 and he choked. Like, <laughs> like, that's the biggest thing. Like, maybe if they would have beat Golden State and lost to Cleveland, I could see this move. Like, all right, we got over them, but we'll still never beat LeBron. All right, man. But you cannot go to the team you were just up 3-1 against and at your home, you went 10 for 31, oh, man. Like, you can't do it. Like, like, come on. At some point, like, how do you not hate them? That's what really irks me the most. It's like, how do you not, the competitive juices, and you just go, you know what, we were so close. Let me give this one more chance, and then I'm going to go here. It makes me think he was thinking that all of along, and maybe that's why he couldn't close because <laughs> he just didn't have the, the will and desire to do it. And that's, that's frustrating <laughs> as a basketball fan. Yeah, I, I think, to me, it left a sour taste in my mouth because, like, you got this team that possibly no one can beat, at least that's your initial reaction. You got this team that nobody can beat, and so how's that fun? Like, how is that? It's not the same thing as the Heat, and I really don't like that comparison, although maybe it's this 2.0 because 2.0 is the upgrade. But Jade, believe it or not, Jade Cardigan, the, the, the Durant, Tennessee boy himself, made the best point. The Celtics had beaten the Heat. They'd beaten the Raptors. They'd beaten the Cavs and LeBron, I think more than once before he did this. And these guys got together and said, they have a big three. 
So why can't we have a big three? And it came together and meshed together eventually. But you already have a team intact that you're just putting a former MVP and a four-time scoring champion on that won 73 games and was a minute away from going back-to-back. That's a huge difference in what is trying to be done. Exactly. It's never been done before. The only thing close to this is when people go ring chase at the end of the career. Like this is the – he's 38. We're bringing him so we have somebody yeah. on our team that hasn't won it, that motivates us and gets us back for the three-peat. Yeah, exactly. And they don't have you the same make kind that... of skills, you know. Carmelo exactly. was pretty person... good but when he went to the Lakers, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't prime Carmelo. Yeah, that person can't be the third best player in the NBA or a guy that's in MPP form. Well, God, I almost beat you two on five this last year. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, so that, frustrating, that man. Just, yeah, it just – that's what I didn't want to see. And now, like, I'm just going to root against him because it's like it's trying – and some people felt like that was LeBron. But I felt like with LeBron, you're taking the power into your own hands and you're saying, you know, I haven't been given enough, so I'm going to do it myself. With KD, yes, he took it to power with his own hands, and you and just got every right to do it. But I think his reasoning for doing it is not a great reason. And that's his right, but I think it's, it's, a, it's a bad reason. Well, it's just not competitive. It's just I want to ring. That's his, like it, it, everyone says just be about winning, and he really literally took that literally. <laughs> yeah. I'm just it about winning, me, and, and that's too much. My background is a, is a PE teacher, and it reminds me of these kids if I let them uh, just do the teams, yep. they're going to say, okay, yep. let's play kickball with the five boys that have kicked the hardest, and let's play against the girls. I'm like, no, we're not going to do that. We've got to have competitive balance. Like, that's the whole point. And, and a lot of this is because if it wasn't for Steph Curry thinking, whatever, $11 million, this wouldn't even be possible. It's almost a glitch that they've taken advantage of. It is a glitch, and no one could anticipate the cap keep rising this much. It's 100% a part of the glitch. It's an intended consequence, really, of the owners um, and, and the idiotic things they did in the CBA to save them from themselves. Now you can't resign anyone because they got to leave $20 million on the table because you got mad that people kept asking you to resign them, and you couldn't evaluate them well enough to know if you should give them more money before they hit free agency. And now, got your wish. Now the players have all the control. Good job. Now, from a basketball perspective, how good are the Warriors going to be? I mean, if they want to be, honestly, if they want to be, they could win regular season this is. If they wanted to, I think they could win 75, 76 games easily, assuming everyone's healthy. Like, they might lose. But think, here's the thing. They're going to be so rested, man. Like, everybody's like, oh, they may sit people. Okay, sit stuff. Who's beating them? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, <they> gotta <laughs> like, you can start sitting people in this still. Like, if you just take Draymond and Steph off that team, just right now, take Draymond and Steph off that team, leave whoever they get back, Mario Chalmers, Iggy, Livingston, Clay, Durant, and Zaza, that's still a 55-60 win team. So you sit one of them, they're still not losing them, but two, three teams. So they'd have to sit there and hold entire starting lineup or people would have to get hurt for months at a time for them to really consistently lose on any sort of losing streak. I mean, I don't think Curl will allow it, but, like, when you get rejuvenized by Durant, it, he is the perfect match for them. I don't know what people are talking about. Like, I don't know what they were watching, but, I, I mean, he plays free-flowing basketball to a certain extent. He can hit jumpers. He's going to have to stop all that isolation, but – from the quotes I read, he's talking about how he was mad he had to take tough shots. I'm like, so he really does want to go there and be Harrison Barnes. Yeah, if he wants to embrace shot, this, man. if he wants to embrace this, it'll be the easiest basketball of his life if he just really wants to embrace this. But I, I wonder, and he's the kind of person that hears the outside noise. I wonder if you get into it and you start getting some of the same frustrations because if you're frustrated, with Russell Westbrook. There's a misconception that Russell Westbrook likes to shoot. He passes a lot more than Steph Curry does. you got a guy that's coming down the court and just going to shoot for 35 feet, and you might not see the ball because he'll just start doing his little hey. thing, and you don't see the ball three or four five possessions. My man, I, you misspoke there. You got Diza. Because <laughs> Clay turned into that. He might not have been that at the beginning of the year, but Clay is that guy, too. If he's yeah, not, Clay, he's yeah, he really likes to shoot. 
if he's if he's hot, he's gonna take shots just as bad as Steph. And when when you when they both think they hot, and you just kind of Draymond got frustrated about shots last year. Yeah, this is true. And that's what people are like. The unselfish guy who really doesn't care about shooting got frustrated about how many shots he gets. Well, so even that, I think he just there, wanted touches. I, just, I think he just wanted touches, man. Because they just sometimes they just come down the court and they just have no. And that, I think that really is what hurt him a lot in the finals. Just these possessions where it's one on three and they just got to jack up a three or just nobody else touches the ball. And the more like the the more in trouble they get, the more they do it. It, it is a yeah, really strange was- thing. It was nasty, man. It looked like OKC without the athleticism. Like, it got nasty at points, man. Yeah, it really They're just did. taking turns, yeah. but they couldn't really get to the rack. So, it was nasty. But it is a natural fit as long as they can keep chemistry. And it seems like they were having chemistry issues last year, which is weird to yeah. say from a 73-win team. But it, it seemed during the playoffs there was some chemistry issues or or frustrations or something. The no issues. just didn't flow like it did. And I know Oklahoma City – was very physical, and Cleveland was very physical. But it, it was just and, – and I guess in the end of the day, they just were missing shots too. Like, they got yeah. a lot of open looks against Cleveland. Cleveland was not Oklahoma City where they could play 48 minutes and basically contest most of the shots. There were – I mean, Cleveland had mental lapses that Oklahoma City <laughs> was known for in the regular season, and they just couldn't hit the shot. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I mean, honestly, I mean, I, I'm not that guy, but I think a lot of some of that, a good amount of that, is they're not getting penetration. And whether you, I mean, I'm, I never give excuse. Boy played like crap two finals in a row, but I think you could see that Steph wasn't able to penetrate like the Steph I'd been used to seeing all season. Which makes him particularly, so like, you know, he's going to do the Steph yeah, exactly. and do the big man exactly. figure that out. Exactly. So that's Kevin Love that's, figured it out. That's kind of um, Somebody blocked these shots. Somebody Thompson blocked these shots. Oh, and Baca uh, blocked Adams it. Did a couple yeah, times. Yeah. Adams blocked it. Yep, exactly. So, I mean, I kind of – I think that had a little bit to do with it, but not the most. I mean, at the end of the day, like, let's be real. Durant's not going to miss those two for 20 wide open dare you to shoot shots that no. Barnes did. So, in their offense, with the way their offense is structured, running some sets and some plays for Durant, it's pretty much unstoppable when you run a play for Kevin Durant. I mean, if, just, gets to, if you execute a play, it's very difficult. Or even just this. How about you do the high pick and roll with Durant and him? Instead of Draymond, yeah. and then ask the That's defense the what they do. Like the Durant Westbrook pick and roll is unstoppable, and they go under it and just switch it. So, what do you do with Steph and Durant? I don't know what to tell anyone to do with that. What happens to Draymond uh, now in that offense? That's my only thing, but I, I mean, I think, they, I think they have to still use Draymond the exact same way. They just do more dribble. I think Clay's the one that's going to be the odd man out. I think Durant gets those dribble dribble handoffs now and the same hollow screens that Clay was getting, same side screens with with um staff. I think that's what happens, unfortunately for him. That would be my guess. I mean, if you're gonna just sit Durant in the corner where I have him and Clay's not exactly the most best creator. I mean, people kind of overplay him and go over those and, and you can't do that with Durant. So that's what I would think. And then I would think honestly I don't think that they have to play together that much. I think you can spread them out and even have a small ball ball, small ball lineup with Durant um, where he's playing the four and maybe Zaza's playing the five. And I think they just stagger everyone's minutes a lot better um, than they had been doing. And I think you give Durant some time with the second unit, things like that. And I think Kerr's good enough to figure it out. You seem to think that, I saw you say it earlier today that signing people won't be a problem. You know, they, they've got like a million dollars left, but they can do the veteran minimum, and they might be able to do the – it's not the stretch, it's the other provision that I can't remember. But they have the veteran minimum. They have the um, they have another thing they can get in there. They're renouncing rights probably. But there yeah. just aren't a lot of quality big men out there. Like, I know they got David West, but as far as a rim protector, Petrullia's all right. I think he's 52% defending the rim. Yeah. But he's not a good rim protector. I mean, you can't. Like, do you it, need it's one? Gonna, that's a glaring weakness. Yeah, but I mean, I'm just looking at the way I saw Draymond and Durant protect the rim in the final. I mean, the playoffs. Do you really need one? I feel like 
I feel like, like they I, the series are, did they, change well, with Bird left. They really well, though. But I feel like they're they yeah. do it in, in stretches, and it's not something they can consistently do. Because that's the first time you've ever seen Durant really play like that. And Draymond, is Draymond, and, but he wears down when he has to play center like that for too long. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I mean, Zaja's not Bogut um, from a rim protection standpoint, but, like, I mean, how many times is Bogut really closing games or finishing games, things like that? Uh, I, I do still, like, I mean, I, what I was going to say is the problem with Cleveland last year is they were just kind of soft, in my opinion, and Durant don't change them being soft. And LeBron's yeah. still going to get off in that series. You just made yeah, it small. Yeah, nobody's stopping him. Who's stopping him? Yeah. He's stopping Kyrie. Those things don't change. Yeah, no, I mean, LeBron's still going to be the biggest dude on the court, and when you can let him just play 6-8 number ball, <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I guess you still they still beat them, but, I mean, those two are still going to get off. It took a miracle to beat them with Barnes missing all these shots. So Yeah, they would have been the I'm not here. They missed the one, yeah. Barnes didn't exactly. show up, so, and Curry had a bad series, and Clay wasn't up to – I mean, they just want to hit shots, part of it. And I think part of it is they got out yeah. of the rhythm of what they were trying to do. I don't think it's necessarily an accident. I think when guys finally do get free when you play good defense, it's like they pressed, and it's not – they're not accustomed to the pace of the game because they haven't been getting open shots. And when you finally get open shot, it's like, oh, okay. But you, it's almost like, oh, i got to make it, and you force it kind of. Absolutely. I mean, I, I definitely agree with that. So, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't think the depth's going to be a huge issue, man. I mean, they talk about getting Mario Chalmers. Like, <laughs> their their bench wasn't that good last year. Like, I saw Ian Clark play. I saw Brandon Rush play for a 73-win team. Like, I see these guys getting minute. Barbosa's not good, man. He's just in that free throw. He, really he, he shows up in the playoffs for two games. But, yeah, uh, but, like, no. That bench, no. that bench won't that great. The, the what, what does everybody point to when they talk about the bench? They pointed to Livingston and Livingston. Iggy, and those and two Eagle are still Dollar. there, and yeah. they both still there. So, like, do I really that think they're going to miss Dr. Zeely? Most want the guy. <laughs> No. <laughs> exactly. I don't think they're missing Festus and Zeely. They may miss Bogut and some of his creativity with the handoff, but Zaza's a beast, man. He is a bull. And, like, they, if they're talking about getting David West and Zaza, and I'm telling you toughness is a problem, give like, a little toughness, I feel yeah. like those two exactly bring some, like, I do like David West and even in practice. And what they can do and set screens and moving the ball. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just a smart player, and he can adapt. So I do like that. Defensively, I'm like, eh, you know, like, eh. Yeah, horrible but defensively. I, I do, I he's old, man. Yeah. He's <laughs> old, man. I don't think he – I don't think he plays more than 10 minutes a game. I think he gives you eight minutes in playoffs. I think, I, I mean, I'm trying to look for reasons and how they lose, and I think I'm just being stupid. I don't think they're losing. <laughs> like, no, I, but the I first year is always they're losing other than they get worn down again with the injuries or it just doesn't work from an ego thing, and they can't, yeah. they can't do it, and they start playing the iso ball, and it almost becomes like an Oklahoma City thing again. But that, that's the only way I can I think really see them. I do think the first year is always tough, man. I, like, I, like I said, I think they had some chemistry issues last year. Like, I think there was some little bit of ego issues last year, if we're being honest. Like, um, so, and it doesn't seem like, I mean, I may be reading too much into this, but it seems like the chief guy who was in here preaching this and, and selling my man Durant on it outside the front office was Draymond. From all the communication I've been seeing and the stories I've been hearing. Yeah, it looks like he was giving a hard on the, sale on the, the whole player time. Side, it was Draymond. It wasn't the guys who were going to be shedding those three to five extra shots. Obviously, their sign-on had to be there, but it didn't seem like those were the guys showing up, closing closing them out, so to speak. What is the best, in your opinion, the best, uh, or or you can give a couple, the best free agent signing? I mean, it could be a re-signing, too, but the best contract, the best sign so far? Well, I guess other than Kevin uh, Durant. Yeah, um... Honestly, I like um, I like Horford a lot, a lot, a lot for Boston. Um, I really think I, I really think that that that's such a good fit for their system. I think it makes them take another step to the point where they're actually like one away from being really good. So that that's like the main thing that I would say for sure. Like I, I really, really, really like the Horford signing. Um, I'm not big on what everyone's saying and, and how everyone thinks that somehow that <clears throat> there was this big coup for Indiana. Like, I don't see it. Like, everyone keeps saying that, but I just think they got really small and they're not going to be good. <laughs> um, 
So I, I don't see where everyone said Indiana did all these great things. Um, I like I kind of like what Utah's been doing, um, to be honest. Like I, I think they were really missing a point guard. I think George Hill um, really does something well for them. Um, so those are the big ones, and, and I think other people just resigning who they had um, is huge. I, I really um, like what uh, the Heat have done so far. Like I think you just have to stay packed there, and then you'll figure it out. Um, so those are those are like the biggest ones that I would say. Okay, these are really solid signings. Um, Chandler Parsons. I mean, you have to pay him the max. So I, I really like kind of what Memphis did there. Yeah, you, you have to. Pay. You have to. Like, what else are you gonna do? Like, what do you do if you're Memphis? You just I mean, gave Mike Conley that money. You yeah. just gave Mike Conley that the money. Thing. That's the thing. It's like for Memphis, it's like, and, and this is a philosophical question. It's like. Some of these guys are not going to get you there. So it's like, do you invest in these guys, Mike Conley, who will be getting like 32 or $35 million in the fifth year, and I guess what is he, like 27, 28? So he's going to be in his 30s, mm-hmm. maybe older. But he's going to be in his 30s. He'll be about 32, 33, yeah. Yeah, so it's not going to be. And you invest in Parsons, who's often injured and never has really totally reached his potential. And you invest in these guys knowing that that's not enough. Like, I almost, and I don't want to say tank, but I almost, I'd rather go and back in the draft or something than, than pay guys that I know. And Conley, you can make a case for it because he's an integral part of the team. But to pay some of these guys that you know can't pick up, like I'd rather build somebody up and then eventually pay them the max or wait for another free agent than pay somebody that I know can't lead me there. So, so I mean, what's the alternative if you already have – Gasol locked up for four years, and he's 29 years old. What's the alternative? I mean, you could trade him, I guess, or, or you could just let him stay on the team and try to build something young around him. But you don't have – I mean, I think we've seen that Kylie and Mark Gasol is not enough. Zebo's getting older. No, so you try to – Parsons is so not you try to be to enough. Get, so, so what, I mean, but you committed to Gasol, you know? It's like – you have to either break it down immediately or it's hard when they're staggered contracts. You don't know who's staying. Then they get injured last year, so you can't see, okay, maybe we could have beat Golden State up like everybody else did. Like, you don't yeah, even get I mean, to this, see if that's, that's the, the case. That's the first year they had, and it was an injury year. Yeah, exactly. And they did like, start out slow. You, they, they've been strong. And it's, there's something to say about, like, not breaking it up. Like, Dallas never gets that one with Dirk if they don't just keep kind of rebuilding and having it fall into yeah, your lap, you know? Like, once you think you have a top-ten player, I think you have to keep going, and they think it solves that. So, I mean, like, what are you going to do, pay Bazemore four years 70 mil or pay Parsons four years 90 mil? When you're good and you're Memphis, like, you don't have really other options if you're good. Like, that's why when you're good, you got to really take advantage of it and not miss, and they miss too many times with the court and leaves of the world. Like, you can't miss on those. Because then you're just a four seed forever. So worst signings. Oh, Evan Turner. Yeah, I was wondering about that. I, I don't understand that. And I, I still think it's broke. Like I, I, I don't. And what? <laughs> like how does Evan Turner get four years, seventy million? And I know the cap's rising, and I get it. And but Evan Turner's not as good as like Baysmore. How does? I'm confused how Evan Turner got that money because I see Evan I think Turner I take, get that. I think I would take Courtney Lee over Evan Turner. Like, I just, well, of course, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, no, no, like, no, but and what, he got forty years, fifty. Like, what, what's happening? And what year? I mean, how does Evan Turner get the four and the seventy, and then you see somebody like Eric Gordon get the four and the fifty? Like, they not the same yeah, player? Weird. What am I missing? Like, yeah, yeah, and, and then really you see, weird. then you even see Rondo get a like a lower deal, and I'm just confused to like. What they thought Evan Turner was. Like, Rondo gets two years 30. You're giving Evan Turner four years 70. Like, something's – it's just not – it's not adding up to me. Like, it's not yeah, like – Yeah, I'm Turner confused about potential. quite a few of them in comparison. Some of these deals, I'm confused about, like, how certain people get it and then certain people don't. And you're like, what, why? What, what? What's happening? Like, why? I don't understand. Like, I don't have any problem with it, what the contracts are, but I don't understand why some people – everybody's not getting them. It's like after the first day or two, it slowed down, and they started giving out normal contracts again. I'm sorry. I forgot one. I apologize. Evan Turner's pretty bad, but um, I'm going to have to go with Timothy, Timothy Mozgov as the worst Yeah. Signing. 
four years. These Lakers million, fans keep, I think it is. Yeah, yeah. These Lakers fans keep saying Westbrook coming there, but like I know he like to do things on his own. But I don't know how you look at that and see them giving that dude cap room that you would need to bring your friends together to beat the Warriors and think that's somewhere you're gonna end up. Like you can't, you can't have a hundred and twenty million dollars going forward or. $45 million a year going forward to Mozgov and Clarkson and think you're going, even if it's $120 million cap, by the time Westbrook is his 30, you ain't really got money for nobody else. <laughs> What's the so, difference between him and Hibbert? Am I missing something? Yeah, you're missing a little bit. I mean, I guess he's a lot younger. He's not as big as a stiff. But, <laughs> but I mean, not, I mean, I'm talking about hoping that we're here. I mean, both of them deteriorated the year before they got him. So, like, what, I mean, you're hoping Mozgov can return back to form because he was hurt last year and never got back in shape, which is not a part of the his fault. He rushed back. and But they, he didn't play. So Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he didn't play on a I team could, that so, probably – I could understand when they gave when I'm sure somebody I, I think I remember somebody paying Bismack near that money like seventy million. Biombo at least he had an impact during the playoffs. Like it's typical stay away, but at least with the cap exploding, I can see overpaying Bismack Biombo. Like you saw him, he balled out in the playoffs. He had like all these blocks and stuff. Okay, give him his money. But Moskov, I don't know though. Lore is I guess he's huge man because Cleveland gave up first rounders for him. And he ain't do nothing, and now he's going there. But I don't even see where his NBA, like, that much skill is. I mean, he has some post moves, but no, man. Like, Denver gave up on him because they got two foreign dudes that are better than him right now. That's his size. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't understand that contract. And this is still some of the issue that I was saying before. Well, well uh, yeah, I'll still say some of the issues I'm saying before. When you got somebody like Bradley Beal that's getting the match, is Washington like some of the times the conventional wisdom? I'm just like, just no. Like you can't get more than 50 games out of this guy a season, and he's not really progressed. Kind of hit a wall, and now you're investing your whole future in this guy. Yeah. I, so here's where I am. I wouldn't. I would not. I would not. Would not have. I repeat. I would not have resigned Bradley Bill. I don't even think him and Wall get along. Like he's never healthy. And you just gave him a ton of money for production that just ain't there but one playoff series. So I personally agree with you on Beal. I like I'm not a big DeRozan fan, but I do think you have to give him his money if you're Toronto, at least. Yeah, that's Beale, different because no. like that's the foundation of your team, and you have a successful team, and you probably can't do better. Like in this case, you can't do better because it's, it's the foundation so, of your team. So, you got a growing team that's getting better. So here's my logic: if you're if you're the Wizards GM. Three years ago, you were just 76ers bad before Beal got there. Two years ago, you get to the second round of the playoffs with Bradley Beal. You're a GM on the hot seat. What do you do? You know? So it's like, like I get it. Like, the alternatives are just so bad because Wall, Wall and Morris and Gortat, and they're good enough to the point where you're not getting a top five pick. And you've already spent assets to get Gortat. You already tried to get good because you got to the second round, so you loaded up. And then you didn't make the playoffs. So you can't reset because Ben Wall's out in two years. So, like, they're good enough, especially in the East, where you have to do something. But that won't it, <laughs> in my opinion. Like, <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't have gave it to Bill. I just wouldn't have. I would have let my young guys and see what they had. And um, I would have tried to do a sign-in trade with him. That's the perfect guy to sign-in trade, you ask me. Somebody would have overpaid his behind, and you can do a sign-in trade, get some picks or something. But, I mean, the Wiz biggest problem is they keep missing on draft picks. You can't spend a number three pick on Otto Porter, and then he's trash. Like, I mean, they yeah, that hurts. Draft picks. That hurts a lot. That really hurts them. So, I wouldn't and then we have that. another bad contract, maybe the worst contract, Harrison Barnes getting the max deal. But, all right, so here I am with Barnes. I understand Barnes, and I know this sounds crazy. I understand Barnes four years, 95 more, and I understand Beals five years, 128. I understand why I Dallas I totally agree with that, too. Yeah, I, 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 I tend to agree so with that. I, <laughs> I, I understand it more. I get, yeah. I get why Dallas did it, because at least there's the unknown there, in my opinion. Like, he's trash. Don't get me wrong. 
Like, I would have been reset if I was Dallas. I don't know what Cuban's doing. Let Dirk go finish his career somewhere else. Like, you can't just keep filling it with Wesley Matthews of the world that are coming off ACL tear and, and the Darren Williams and all these stop gaps thinking you're going to get lucky. You're never getting lucky. Okay? No one's coming there. Um, but it, I would have – I wouldn't have paid bars, but I get why Dallas did it. I think you, if you're trying to stay relevant, and that's your theory, and we're not going to bottom out, we're not going to tank, and we're just not. That's not who we are. That's not who we are as an organization. We're going to build from the middle. <clears throat> then you have to take a risk. You either have to, you either have to do one or two things. You either have to tank and hope you get lucky in the lottery, or you have to get lucky in free agency if you're not getting top talent. And the only way to get top talent these days is to be elite, <laughs> apparently. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, what do you do? I mean, they should have been able – I don't know why these teams can't get people. Like, why can't these teams go get Nicholas Batum? Like, that's what's confusing to me. Yeah, like, I didn't understand why either. If somebody has, like, yeah, why, why can't you get a – They just stay at home. Like, why couldn't you get Batum? I don't even know if they got a meeting with Whiteside. Like, there's good enough people. But, honestly, like, I think next year's the year – I'd have stood pat if I were a lot of these teams. I think next yeah. year's the year. I would, I wouldn't have done. I'd have made Barnes eat his words and go to Philly. Because I mean, I think next year's the year where you can actually get somebody and and sneak a little bit of a a run together with all of the big names. There was only one big name, so you couldn't sneak these underneath guys this year. But when you get three or four big names on the same open market, you got Blake Westbrook, probably Durant up again, probably CP3 for sure. I think you might can sneak some of these second-tier guys a little bit better than you did this year. What do you say to the people? And, and it's hard. It's hard to look at it because there's a, a sh- sticker shock is happening right now. But what do you say to the people that are outraged that these guys are making this much money and that it's somehow delegitimizing to some extent the league or the people are frowning on it because these guys are overpaid? I say two things. One, why are you hating on the dudes? Like, why don't you call out the – I get really frustrated by this in sports. Like, okay, oh, he's not worth that money. He's not this. He's not that. The owners negotiated all of this. The same owners that don't go over salary cap, that are literally – their teams are tripling in net worth. They have 1.2, 1.5, billion teams now on the back of these players, because that's who you go to see. And they forced this negotiation via lockout so that this very thing would happen with the players. And they hid money on the books during the lockout, lied to the players about hiding money on the books during the lockout and not making profit, lowballed them to only get 50% of the money, forced max contracts to be a part of the negotiation, forced players to not be able to sign extensions with teams. That's why everyone leaves for a free agency now because the Owners wanted to, again, save them from themselves with max contracts. And now everyone gets a max because the owners wanted to save them from themselves. They wanted to save themselves from themselves from players two years into their five-year deal asking for extensions and them not being good enough to know whether they should give a player an extension or not. They wanted to save themselves from themselves again. So they made rules about how you could get more money if you go to free agency. So now that the owners are getting what they want, you're mad at the players for that? And the owners are still making all this money hand over foot. Like, these are all constraints the owners put on the team. I think eventually in two years when we have a strike, because we will have a strike, LeBron's going to make sure that we're going to have a strike. I think they do away with maximum contracts, and I think you stop seeing super teams because it's one thing to ask somebody to leave $5 million on the table. It's another thing when LeBron can make $50 million of the $160 million salary cap and ask him to leave 25 on the table to play with his boy a big difference. So I ultimately think they do away with max contracts and all these super teams die because dude's going to want the real big piece of the pie. And if there's no max deal, I can say, hey, Kevin Durant, come here, stay at OKC. I'm going to give you $55 million. Golden State can only give you 25. I think you have a big difference when stuff like that starts to happen. I got this. And worry about the percentage. Worry about the percentage. This is this is the last thing. Worry about the percentage, guys. When you think talking about inflation and just in life, worry about the percentage. What percentage of the team's cap room is that person taking up? That's what you need to know. And you also need to understand that there are three different max kind of contracts. So just because you hear Chandler Parsons is getting the max, 
That does not mean that he's making the same thing that Kevin Durant makes. Yeah, it's based on years of service. Or LeBron makes. Years of service. It's based on a lot of things. Years of service is based on, like, if they made all pro teams, it's based on a lot of things. Yeah, like, yeah, playing if they could get the super of... Exactly. All types of awards and, like, kickers that you can get more. So just no Chandler Parsons. Well, <laughs> he might make as much as Kevin Durant now, but Chandler doesn't make what LeBron makes on his max. I think, too, I think it's helpful to um, to look at it with this inflation. It's almost just divided by two because we're not looking at the numbers. So if we divided all of these contracts by two, so, for example, um, not Chandler Parsons, Brian Anderson, I think, is getting four years, $80 million. You divide the $80 million that's by two, a, that's accurate. and it's, four, it's $10 million. Yeah, so it's $10 million a year instead of $20 million a year, and that's more in line with what the old scale, but the salary cap has gone up pretty much. It's going up in that direction. Yeah, double. To double, yeah. yeah so double. what we saw five next year will be ago, double. So, so yeah. yeah, that's what we have to look at. You can't look at it because these are the, this is the first batch, then next year, then the other year, and the numbers won't yep. sound so absurd. They're really just baseball numbers. They aren't the craziest numbers you've ever seen. This is what baseball players They're really not. Yeah, they're really not. And I'm going to tell you right so, do it. <laughs> I learned my lesson. You're a upset. I learned my lesson twice. This is when I learned my lesson twice because I was up in arms when the Celtics gave sorry Avery Bradley four years, thirty-two million. I said this is one of the worst contracts I've seen, et cetera, et cetera. And now it looked like one of the best contracts in all of basketball. <laughs> so, like, I've learned my lesson. Like, I was even like that. I'm like, these dudes, the Heat really gave Dragic five years, eighty-five million, or whatever he got last year. And now he's making a lot less than Evan Turner. So I think you just got to wait on it to go up for a couple more times. Then you'll, it's like, oh, okay, some of this makes sense. This is about right. But you're divided by two theories. That's actually pretty right. That's pretty spot on. Is there any other uh, signing that you just kind of stood out to you, good or bad? Um, I was confused of why Al Jefferson only made, only gets three years 30. That was a little confusing to me. Um, I actually really like the, the, what the Rockets did. I think it's a little bit underrated. Um, I think Eric Gordon and Ryan Anderson helped them a lot. I think they're a better team than last year. They're still not they good. They could be on the maybe. court. If they stay on the court. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Um, I mean, they got Dan Tony, but, I mean, Ryan Anderson, Eric Gordon, I mean, put them on hard, and they probably Dan just – Exactly. They probably get a sixth seed or something like that. Um, I hated the Dwight Howard signing. I don't know if they chose him purposely over Al Horford or what they were thinking, but absolutely Horford hated there's that. a reason for not coming back. So somebody didn't do their research. If they, I mean, what? Like what? Yeah, just I just just hated hated that. And I, I think we missed two signings: Gally and Solomon Hill. <laughs> yeah, I, I you know I hate I, I'm one that hates on Anthony Davis. But it might it might be time for the, somebody to go get that man out there. Somebody got to do something about this as a league. They gave Solomon Hill, who averaged four points per game, four years, $48 million. I don't care if you divide it by two, four, three, <laughs> no matter what you divide that by, that is a bad contract. And Dally, that's a bad deal, too. I don't care. Like, that's too much money for a guy who should give you some 10 to 15 minutes of energy minutes. That's what was not the a good deal. I, I like Dally. I like what he gives. But I like what he gives on a championship team a lot more than what he gives on just a normal team. The little injury that, and stuff that he gives Cleveland, like they need somebody to do those gritty plays, and it means more because you got everything else going. But when you got, we're talking about the Bucks, they got a, they have a long way to go. Like it, that doesn't mean as much. <laughs> They're not that good. Other people should be doing that. <laughs> I think he. I think he thinks that. I think they think he's good. <laughs> I think there's a disconnect, and they think they got to steal. If anybody has ever benefited from being on a team with LeBron and company, it's that guy. Just being on the same team with LeBron and and just being ignored. He's ignored on offense. <laughs> it's just like what they ignore him. Like they would. They, this year he actually can hit, hit. He hit threes, so they kind of would rotate out to him. But he drives to the hole. When teams finally figure out he, all they can do is throw the alley oop, you just. I mean, come on. It, yeah, it's. I, I don't know, man. I mean, I. I'm not I don't a deli at all. I mean, I appreciate the kid. I, I like to see him play, but 
good. God, but I, not an extended period. But, oh, you know, five nah. minutes here or there, I enjoy watching oh. oh, I forgot the Wizards game. Oh, what are they doing, man? They gave they gave Ian Mahimi four years, $64 million to win it. Like yeah, they didn't just that. give up two first rounds for a Gortat. I guess I mean, they're just like, hey, you know, we didn't they get can't play together. Yeah, I, I they don't can't know. play together. They, they should be. They should clean house. They, they, they should <laughs> clean house. <laughs> they they should be that, that, that should be done. Yeah, so do you think in, in, what happens with? And I didn't hit this. This could be the last one. What happens with OKC? It, it seems rather obvious that Westbrook is not going to sign an extension this year. He's definitely going to opt out, if nothing else, just to have that the world looking at him like it looked at Kevin Durant. What do you think end up, ends up happening with Westbrook? Um, I don't think they have the balls to trade him, to be honest. I just don't think they do. Not after the Harden thing. I don't think they do. Um, I think that they – I think what he would do is feel comfortable restarting with Olin Depot, Kantner, Adams, and trusting what he does best. If there's one thing you can't say about Sam Presti, there may not be no one in the history of the planet better than drafting than that man. So yeah, he is very them, good at that. If I'm them, I'm only trading Westbrook to the Boston for them picks or a dude, young stud because I'm going to just trust that this dude who went five for five, if you ask me, in the lottery. I mean, you're talking about a dude that in consecutive years was never the top pick, Durant, Westbrook, Harden, Ibaka, Adams. And none of these are the number one pick. None of these besides Durant were even slam dunk guys that are can't miss guys. So from them, I just I just restart and say, I'm going to trust him to do it. We got a good nucleus. We hit on one or two more. We're back at it in three years. We're a small market. We can't just be chasing free agents. So we know how we built it. I'm hit reset and rebuild. I would not, I would not, not take pennies on the dollars. Never worked for anyone. Nuggets still haven't recovered. Cleveland never, I mean, the, the Nuggets haven't recovered. Look at the people who traded. Minnesota, only reason they did this is because they got Wiggins for love. They really didn't recover from when they traded uh, Garnett the first time. I mean, you just think of all the times superstars have been traded, and you've never come close to getting the good thing out of the deal. And when you look at it, you think initially that the T-Wolves and the Nuggets got a haul for those people because they signed extensions. So they really got people. Now you have the Lakers who are going, I'm not paying for that man who's not going to sign an extension. Why would I give up Ingram and D'Angelo when if he's going to sign an extension, he's just going to do it in six months? For us to get the eight seed, I am not going to pick. So the only team I could see doing it is New York, and then they're not giving up Przingis, and you don't want Rose back. So I, I don't I don't see how a trade matriculates. I don't see who does that unless unless you're really like, I think Justice Winslow is amazing. Okay, Miami, we'll take Josh Richardson Dragic, who's under contract for five years or four years, and Justice Winslow. I mean, maybe that works. And maybe I mean that's a that's a pretty good fit for Westbrook too. Even though him and Wade do the same thing, I could at least see that potential for that. But honestly, I think he stays packed, and I think he leaves and goes somewhere else. Um, I could see him and Blake trying to team up in LA. Um, so that, that those are my thoughts initially. But I don't think he gets moved. I don't think they have the ball to do it. Although I did hear something like they could raise his cap number. It kind of does make a little more sense financially than yeah, I thought. Yeah, they got like extra money. It's, it's like a glitch in it. They yeah, because of Durant exactly. They could give him his real max, and then they can up that next year if he just wants to opt in and get a player option. Then he'll be up when the lockout comes and they have the big – that's what everyone's waiting for, for better record. That's why they keep signing ones. It's not because they think, keep thinking the cap's going to go up eventually. It's because when they renegotiate the CBA, they think they're going to do away with max contracts or Braun's going to put his foot down and say we're doing away with max contracts and then they'll negotiate and figure it out through a strike. So everybody wants that. That's why they keep doing the one years, not just because of the money cap going up, because they want to end with that max. So he'll be up just in time for that. So it does align. But like you said, why would you do that if you've never been a free agent? From the same guy who everyone calls Westbrook selfish, but he decided not to take the kickers and do the baby max so they, they could sign Harden, and then they traded Harden. 
So if there's anyone on that team that should be like, yo, I gave for y'all. This is why he makes so little right now. He's only making 17 instead of like the 22 or 23 KD's making because he turned down the kickers for his all-NBA and all-star teams so they could save money for Ibaka or Harden. So if there's anyone who's like, I've already did my service. It's him and like, no, no way. So I don't see that. Uh, we got a couple questions. I almost forgot. We we had a couple questions there from our potential listeners and people that are in IBS. Uh, that Robbie Rodriguez, a, a relatively newer member, says he wants to know. I think Jamar might have that good old Jamar might have asked this question too. He says, "I want to know if this means that Western Conference playoffs would be just as boring as the East next year." No, because I mean. Ultimately, I mean, I think it's a foregone conclusion, but I still think it's going to be competitive. Um, and even the East has some intrigue. I don't think it was as boring as people said. The only series that was really boring was Raptors in Miami, and that's just because it was bad basketball, not because it wasn't competitive. So what, which one are you, are you going for? Are you saying that wasn't, the East wasn't competitive, or are you saying it was bad basketball? Because the Raptors and Heat game kept going OTs. <laughs> that was one of the most competitive series we had in a long time. So I don't think the West is capable of just having bad basketball. If you want to be honest, there was only two series in the West last year that were good. There was one series in the East that was good. So I, I still think that the that the Warriors get challenged by San Antonio. I still think everyone would want to see a Warriors OKC series. I still think that the Clippers would be go to six and be competitive with the Warriors. They've always given them problems. So, no, I, I just don't think that's just how it would be. Uh, then we have another question. Let's see. A lot of statements here. We we sort of answered this, and I'll, I'll go first. Does the KD move to Golden State equal LBJ move to the Heat, especially after KD did the tweet? I say no. We talked about that. He's going to a 73-win team. He's going to the greatest regular season team of all time with the last two or the last two years. The MVP is on that team, and they have – three players that made the All-NBA team. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just don't know what to thing. say. Like, it, it, you can't, it, like, show me where someone, like, there was no, LeBron didn't go to a team where he wasn't the unquestioned best player, okay? Like, at the end of the day, like, people called Steph Curry the best player in the world. It was almost unanimous. Like, pretty much unanimous. It literally was, in one over. aspect. Yeah, exactly. Back-to-back MVP. So, like, no, I can't rock with it. You go into a team with already a two-time MVP, already has a ring with the same exact nucleus, and just won 73 games. I can't compare that going to a team where you're bringing others to a team who lost in the first round. I, I just can't see how those are the same thing at all. And, no, uh, and most importantly, if LeBron would have if, if LeBron would have choked, been up 3-1, and not averaged 38-8-8, before he left, then I would have something to say. But <laughs> yeah. you, that's my biggest thing. Don't choke and then go to them. <laughs> that's the worst part. <laughs> he got beat by him and then he went there. Beat him. Not beat. Not beat. Even if he would have got swept, I'd be like, okay, you're not close. You go. You're not close, man. I can, I get it. But you were up 3-1 and you shot 10 for 31. That ain't about the coach. That ain't about the offense. That's about you not being good enough. You going, you know what? I'm not good enough, so I'm going there. You still there? Blog talk needs to give me a refund this 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 month. It cutting off. It dropped me <laughs> twice. That's never happened. And it dropped oh. Allen too. I don't know what is going on. But yeah, it's not yeah, even close. Right. And the last question, because I'm chasing my luck here. Uh, William said, if the Cavs, which the Cavs will make it back outside of some sort of catastrophic thing happening to LeBron, um, if the Cavs go against the Warriors again, do they stand a chance? Uh, I think they need to make some moves. Um, I think they need to get creative, man. They need to get Sacramento on the phone. The, the problem is is when it, it just think about it from a math perspective. When you have their team's best player making – Ten million, and you have two players on your team that are role players at best, making combined forty million. That's just not going to work. So you look at their big, their four best players, their four most high paid players, 
It just isn't going to work. So you have to get more out of those two guys, Love and Tristan. And I think the only way to get more out of Love's salary is you got to go talk to Sacramento and see what you can do to get that boogie guy on the squad. Um, I think that's the best Sacramento can get. Boogie's coming up in two years. You give them Love, who's locked in for four years, can't go nowhere, tell them to build around him. Um, I think they might can make that deal work. I'm seeing some stuff that more and more Wade stops, the more and more GM Braun thinks he might dump Shumpert to a Philly and carve out 12 mil for Wade or so. Carve out 12 Does mil that for Wade. work if Wade's on there? Does he bring – I feel like he's been he – Him and Kyrie do the same thing. Yeah, I don't see how that yeah. works. He's not going to play great defense, and they're going to have one more guy that just wants to ISO. I understand what you're saying, but is he better than Shumpert? <laughs> <laughs> this is true. It's better. He's better. Not, yeah, I'm not yeah. saying it works, but if you can dump Shumpert and get Wade, <laughs> it seems yeah, like a no-brainer to me. So, I mean, it's just another person. They were Their bench is so bad, and they're so depleted that they're giving Dante Jones minutes. So, I mean, I think and, you, and given I think you the, just, Richard Jefferson, I mean, just and he played great finals, but that's not who you should be relying on at this point in his exactly. career. Exactly. So I think you just you just need athletic, capable bodies, um, and let LeBron do his thing and let Kyrie do his thing and wait at least when they suck it. I mean, they had some real bad games. I think no, it doesn't work. But what I saw, man, Better I know it's death of ISO ball. I know it's death of ISO ball and all that stuff, but. End of the day, Cavs just muddied it up, and they needed buckets, and they started getting buckets, and Wade can get you buckets. So <laughs> just muddy it up, and, hey, man, we need a couple buckets. He might get us a couple because that ain't really Bron's thing necessarily down the stretch. So, I mean, he can hit shots, and he has hit shots, and he hit big shots, but you can get another guy that might steal a game for you. Yeah. Yeah, um, sure. But, no, nah, they, they, still, they still would lose in six at best for sure. <laughs> I don't see it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's gonna be a tough road to hoe. I, I don't see the superhuman. I mean, it would take a superhuman effort for even more games this time, probably. So it, it, they get it boogie though. They get boogie. They get it's boogie. Somebody story. that can bang them up. They need somebody that can bang them up. If they get somebody that can, that's like, okay, we're just gonna bang, and they muddy it up for real, for real. A Tristan Thompson with some skill, and then we talking. Yeah, and that's their weakness inside. So, yeah, it would be possible. But, yeah, I feel like they have to make a move, too. I know it doesn't sound good with Kevin Love there. Uh, Houston did it after they won a championship. They went out and got Clyde Drexler because they knew they needed a little bit more. And I think this is an example of what they have to do because it's just not enough with Love, and, and it's shown that it doesn't really work. They won in spite of Kevin Love. You got a guy who you didn't even want to start in the NBA Finals in game four. Like, I don't care <laughs> what the reason for that is. That's not good. <laughs> That's not good yeah. at all. Yeah, they, they, well, yeah you can't have people – when you're facing a super team, you can't have people on your team that you're winning in spite of. Like, you just can't have it. Yeah. Well, I think we covered it all pretty thoroughly. I'll have to edit this with blog talk. They're going to get a nasty letter from me. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll follow up as well. But absolutely, it was good to catch up. It's been a while. We definitely had some, some things to discuss. We'll, we'll get it back together. Okay. All right, Max. Next time. Sounds good. All right.